<laughs> Hi, actually. Hello. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're back again. We're back again. Like we never left. You, you still have your balloon. Us? Huh? You still have the balloon. I do. I'm amazed by that. I don't know. I just feel like balloons should pop after like five days. <laughs> yeah, it's still, it's still, you know, it's Holding kicking. <laughs> Maybe I'll uh, save it for someone else. You know, like when it deflates, just wrap it up real nice. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Reduce, reuse, and recycle. Yeah, Here. good intentions. <laughs> guys, um, quick update. Uh, we definitely are. We heard you. We heard you guys loud and clear. You guys want long form videos on YouTube. You want the entire thing up. And honestly, fine. You know, <laughs> you win. <laughs> uh, so long as, <laughs> so long as my phone cooperates with me, that is the only way you will be receiving <laughs> the long form videos. So. In trust. Start your prayers, all right? <laughs> uh, but you know the vibe. Grab your snacks, grab your drinks. I'm sipping on a chai tea. Extra has sweetened. some water. And uh, chai tea with um with oat milk, too. Extra creamy oat milk. Extra creamy oat milk? Is it, though? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, is it sweet, sweet? Actually, I just deep throat the fucking straw. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> here, you want it? <laughs> Is it extra sweet? To you, maybe? It's really good. It's bomb. It's good, but it's I don't sweet. got that punch. What? Like, I feel like chai needs, like, that nutmeg punch. punch. It got punch. It got cardamom on it. <laughs> 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 I'm over here like, nut, nutmeg. It's cardamom. Yeah. It's cardamom. It's cardamom. Cardamon. Mon. Cardamon. I don't know. Well, okay. Let me let me give you a walkthrough of my week. Ta da da da! Did we record on Friday last week or was it early too? It was Friday. Okay, so. It's a very short week, guys. We're here on Wednesday. Yeah. I mean, I can jump forward into the week, but. Do what you do. Do what you do. Okay. Can we'll you see. come closer to me? Why are you so far? Hi. Okay. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday was teacher training. Yeah. I am here for it. I live for it. Come on Sunday, I had to be the messenger of bad news because I'm no longer babysitting anymore. Oh! My cousin did not like that. Yeah, I wouldn't have either, but like it's best for you. My old ladies are back though. So like I, you took into consideration both ends of the party. Mm. What did she say? So it turned out to not necessarily be that she didn't like it she was really trying to argue with me oh really yeah and i was about like you staying no so i had told her i'm like okay hey i'm no longer gonna be able to babysit she had asked me why i told her it's a pay issue that she hasn't been paying me what we agreed upon many other things aside from that yeah and she literally was like what do you mean like what are you talking about i always pay you i pay you the exact amount that we speak about um and then she actually wasn't able to pay me last week which she didn't communicate you're telling me about that yeah and rumor has it she would have known her pay by tuesday but didn't communicate that with me which to me felt disrespectful because it's like 
this is my income. Like, yeah. you're pretty much telling me, you're not getting paid? You're not getting paid. We're both not getting paid right now. So, it turned out to, like, be one of those. And I had a moment where I was like, am I about to go back to messages to get receipts? Or am I about to just be like, thumbs up and keep it pushing? Yeah. I thumbs up it and kept it pushing. Because I was just like, this says a lot um, when it comes to doing business within family sometimes. Yeah, no, it gets that's sticky. real, though. Like, yeah. putting business with, like weird intimate relationships it just can get so messy yes because i feel like it's so much easier to take things personally because you're like oh this isn't just a business partner this person's my cousin mom so mm-hmm. whatever and you're like wait that kind of hurt a little bit more you know yeah and that's kind of how it like turned out to me because she was like is it yeah. us like what did we do was it the baby like yeah. you know and i was like kind of ish but not really ish <laughs> you're like yes but no but like yes. also, i just want to get paid honey i just want to get paid i like you're taking up too much time of my day interfering with things i can do so yeah. i was just like i gotta go so that ended there and then okay monday comes right and i'm like okay this is the first week i'm not babysitting oh, yeah. what am i gonna do so i get ready to go do instacart and i'm like okay i'm gonna do instacart oh, you and did it literally <laughs> Oh, sorry, I'm Listen. The gun. <laughs> so I'm in my car getting ready to pull off, yeah. and I hit the car in front of me. <laughs> this does not get any better. <laughs> so I literally skidded because mind you, I'm in the car, but this was my sign to not go anywhere because my emergency brake was not going down. That was my first sign. I'm sitting there fighting with my emergency brake, and it's not going down. You know, okay. I can drive off and do it. Yes, I know that. But my emergency brake was not going down. But you know how to put it down? Yes, because I always normally get it, put it down before I leave. Why are you even putting it up? That's real Spanish because of you. I think it is. Yeah. But also because my house is like low-key on a hill. That's still right. No one else does it except for fucking Spanish people. Especially Puerto Rican and Dominican. Like, you be on a flat road and still trying to put the thing up. Like, mm, you're fine. Your car's off. It ain't in the road nowhere. Mm, my brake's a little sketchy. So that's why I'm it's like... Off. <laughs> Even when I pull in and I shut it off no. and I put it on park, I still pull that shit right the fuck up. How'd so you hit a car Go ahead. because I'm reversing out and I swore I had enough space. Mind you, I cop out the car and I check and I didn't. Mind you, this is my neighbor's car, like my neighbor upstairs car. <laughs> when I tell you it's only like ten o'clock in the morning, I run inside. Kelvin's knocked the fuck out. I'm like, Kelvin, I just had a car. He's like, What do you mean? Oh my god. And he goes, Go back to bed, don't tell nobody. <laughs> I went back and tell. I shut the car. Mind you, my car, I left the car like if I'm about to leave. So the car is like still parked there. Like if I'm about to leave. Not only did you not do the responsible thing, but you didn't even do the smart thing of pretending like it wasn't even you, like moving the car or anything like that. No, I got scared after that. I was like, I'm not touching this car anymore. <laughs> so Kelvin wakes up, and then I he's like, What the fuck did you do? Mind you, I had parked the car the night before. Kelvin had actually moved the car closer, which is what fucked me up. And then he goes, you don't know how to drive? I go, clearly not, because what the fuck? I was like, bro, you were parked on my fucking ass, so either I was going to hit you, which I'd rather not hit your car. He goes, I'd rather you hit my car than hit someone else's car. I go, valid, but like... Your love for this car is what kind of was like, I'm not doing that. Or you could have hit none of them. I could have like, attempted, you there know? There was an option where you hit none of them. I mean, I'm not that nice, I guess, at doing that. So someone was going to get hit. But Kevin got the special spray and it took off the smudge. So, like, the smudge is gone. So no one knew. <laughs> now y'all know. <laughs> well, y'all know. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But, yeah. I never get in the car like that. 
car with you. Why? I'm a good driver. Deja, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, we have three different episodes on our podcast. One in season one, two in season two. <laughs> That have proved that you are not only a bad driver, but an unsafe driver and an unfit driver. <laughs> License, DMV, RMV. No, y'all, I'm so new. I'm just a COVID driver. Like, I'm just learning to be back on road. Like, you weren't even on the road yet. Two out of two of those three times you weren't on the road yet, you was not even pulled off onto the road. You didn't even get out of the. Bank I'm trying to bank. overlook that point, okay? Like, I'm trying to overlook that point. Oh. Anyways, y'all, I ended up just being a student that day and not going anywhere. That was my cue. <laughs> and then also, but can I talk about the fact that I've been wanting to have a two-hour morning routine? And I don't know if that's the feminine in me, yeah. but a two-hour morning routine, and I love it. It's not like wanting to do it. That's just how long it takes to do things properly. Right. To really fully be there, it'd be taking like two hours more. See, I thought it was just me, and I was like, oh. I hate if I would have to give this up. So, like, oh, I'm yeah. kind of fine with having a nighttime job. I feel that with, like, the... So, I have an interview in with them. I'm like, damn, do I have to give up my mornings? I don't want to. No, I, can, I don't think I can. I think that's one thing I won't settle for, and I'd rather just come in, like, 11, 12 yeah. o'clock. Because, yeah, that's my boundary. I, I've been loving the this morning routine. Yeah. It's sticking. And then I think Tuesday, I had a phone interview. The phone interviews went really well. I have like a second callback process interview. And I'm excited. I really love cooking. I don't know about anybody else, but my ass loves cooking. Even though people want to be messing up on their recipes. TBS and TPS is two different things. Yeah. She said one tablespoon. And that's why my biscuits came all fucked up. (sighs) Like I'm, oh. yes, I'm following this recipe to the T. Like I'm reading it, making sure everything had to be cold, had to be like done. Ba ba ba, boom. Start mixing things, and the dough comes out. I'm like, it's a little sticky, but like maybe it'll work out, mm. bro. When I seen them come out the oven, I was like, this looks funky. Tasted it. This tastes like baking soda. Mm. Well, but I'm still eating it because <laughs> I'm not. I did all that work making a biscuit. Mm. Making a biscuit's hard. Yeah, I bet. It's really yummy, though. I love me a biscuit. Oh, my God. I would have loved it more if it came out good. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, though. Today's Wednesday. Hello. We're here. We're recording. Checking in. I definitely woke up today was like, just want to be in bed. Today felt like a day of, like, just chill vibes in bed. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. It's cool, girl. It's cool. Because I did not want to be home, though. That's the funny thing. It'd be like that. In bed, <laughs> but not in this bed. <laughs> not in this home, not in this bed. Away. Um, my folk oh, and then you know what really sets the tone is when you have a great morning shit. Oh my god. Yes. That makes me happy. And not having great morning shit really pisses me off. It does. Especially like if it's like because I couldn't poop. For whatever reason, like if the bathroom was being occupied while my rush came in, or if I had to go and be out somewhere, it ruins it. You ruin my day. And if it's not a good one, I think you know what I noticed, and I think beets need to have a cap on them. Like you know, you can only eat this. You know when food labels have like you can only eat five. Mm-hmm. I think beets need to have that. Well, Bro, I don't know if it was just me. I don't know if beets do anything. I didn't Google it yet, but I swear to God, I was constipated for five days for eating beets. Like majority of the week you were constipated from me yes like oh. i was not pooping my poop would come out red when it did come out <laughs> i'm good i don't want beats 
No, don't have them too much. Maybe one time a week. A lot of avocados make you shit and shit green. Like I be look, my poops be looking like geese poops. If y'all ever seen geese poops, <laughs> <laughs> like all green. I remember the first time I saw this show, I was like, that don't look right. That you know, that's what right. I was saying with this red one. I was like, am I bleeding or what's going on? Yeah, like, yeah, it's a beat. It was the beats. Love that for you. I didn't like it. <laughs> and that shit was not fine. And let me see. And then I think my theme of the week, as the week start has a, starts, it has been what grounds me. Because my ass has been in my head way too much. Yeah. Or, like, just trying to, like, do things. So I've been trying to, like, take inventory of what grounds me. And then I remember... I. Saying, I think some week ago, I started listening to the prayer in the clubhouse. Yeah, yeah, I stopped because I don't like when churches start asking for money. I don't know, they were asking for money on it, it just makes it feel unintentional. I don't like it. <laughs> like, they'll be going in and they'll be like, So in $25, so in 15 and I'm just like, mm, I'm over it. I clock out, mm. I'm over it. So, I found another one, and it's like this little podcast of this girl, and it's like 10 minutes long, and she'll like set like a little intention or whatever, and it started off with it being like, what grounds you? What practices ground you? And then that's kind of like what me and my therapist were talking about. What grounds me? Meditation has been grounding me this week. I think journaling has been grounding me. The gym in the morning, that'd be setting the tone, okay? So, let me see. That's my week. That's my week. I don't know where this rest of this week will take me, so I, I can't cover that. All right, guys. Um, let's get into my week. <clears throat> All right, so. Yum. That's how we started this week off. <laughs> my fucking nails. If you follow me on Instagram, you already know. Um, I once again, <laughs> once again, me and the nail went into the ring, and the nails won. Um, I just I tried ombre for what? How many times have I tried ombre now? It's like the fifth time I've fucking done ombre. And for whatever reason, the ombre don't like me. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I've tried so many different techniques. I'd be on Pinterest for hours before I do my nails. I don't know what type of sorcery, black magic they got, they got but I don't got it. <laughs> like, and I'm going to try one more time. I am. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm going to try one more time. Because as I was doing this, I was like, oh, maybe I should to start with a darker color like i have a thing in my head i see what you're doing okay right i see what you're gonna do so we're gonna see what happens wish me luck some of the prayers this way please, <laughs> please. <laughs> um so that was fun we love we love that um but i took my nails off within like five seconds okay. um and that oh my god without cutting myself oh so i don't think you got work I didn't even use it. It wasn't here yet. Oh, so. I, what I got in time were, like, the false nails that I have yeah. on. And I was using that to get under it, like, to <laughs> pop them off. Yeah. Gold. Magic. I don't even know if I need this pronto nail pronto thing. I think so. So you can save the fake nails? Don't they get messed up after doing all that? Yeah, I'm not going to save them. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> so... I got two new poetry books, and I'm delighted to read them. They're great. It's Clarity and Connection by Young Pueblo. I thought I had it over oh, here. Oh, I think you have one up there. Yeah, and then the other one is by Hafiz. It's called The Gift, and it's Hafiz is a, a Sufi master. 
Um, does Sufi sound familiar? What is Sufi again? Remind Sufi, me. Sufism, it's like one of the Eastern like types of, like when you think of Buddhism or like monks and stuff like that. It okay. was part of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know too much about it. Actually, just the other day I was listening to a Ram Dass podcast mm-hmm. and he was talking about like Sufi masters and I was like, wow, this is all a new thing to me. Um, so I, I don't know much about it, but I do know he was one of the great Sufi masters in his poem. The first time I ever heard it, was by Hitomi mm-hmm. and she was just reading poetry to us and dude I was like no one should be this talented are you sick ah that's beautiful and then my screensaver is by Hafiz the my eyes so ah, soft like yeah. don't surrender your loneliness that's by him okay I, like I post it on a daily I those love my oh those have been um Young Pueblo I swear I had this book over here oh, it's right here Young Pueblo yeah Oh, yeah. Like this is this is clarity and connection. Do you have the other one that goes with it, or like? Um, no. His other one is what inward. He wrote it. Something like that. He got yeah inward. He got thirty six percent off. Um, no, I didn't get the other one. I got this one. Um, but it's really gorgeous already. I think what's been coolest about like reading poetry is because poetry is like so quick and to the point, you have to be so present with it in ways that you don't have to be with like longer form books, longer form reading. Mm -hmm. Because like when you're reading a longer like text, you're kind of in and out low key, but you really notice yourself doing that when it's poetry because Poetry is the way that they're set up is there's one major line that is literally the gem. And then the rest of it is just like beautiful decorations. And so if you miss the gem, you've missed the gem. Like the poetry don't slap the way it does when you when that gem, when you read it and it hits. So I think reading poetry has has really like shown me how much I need to practice being present and fully present, too. So that's been great. Um... Oh, I wanted to ask you a question. What feminine parts of yourself did you need to destroy in order to survive in this country? I posted on my story and the responses were really beautiful. What feminine part of me did I have to destroy? I think my... Pardon me, I'll say like my emotional and soft side. Definitely putting on the masculine guard. Mm -hmm. So I had to destroy that. And I think covering up so my whole body yeah. my feminine body i definitely yeah. ha- felt more comfortable being covered up and then versus exposing skin and yeah i'm just saying my intuition can intuition be more feminine yeah, i would call absolutely. it absolutely yeah had yeah. to destroy that to survive here yeah that's a question i want to put to everyone to all the women that come across this whenever you are called to it um what feminine parts of yourself did you need to destroy in order to survive in this country i was listening to a podcast called we could do hard things by glennon doyle and she records it with her wife and her sister and they had a loke on who's this um transgender activist like non-binary activist mm-hmm. lgbtq queer activist um who is also a poet and that was one of the things that they brought up and i'm saying them them because i don't remember the pronouns right now okay um but yeah and i really like this question because it's it's really fucking deep and it makes you realize like wow when you live in a society that like 
hatred of women is like the foundation you do have to destroy certain certain parts of your femininity to Mm -hmm. survive in this um and that was um a beautiful realization but also a really painful one and just sitting with the parts of myself that I felt like I had to destroy in order to be less feminine and then some parts of myself I had to destroy in order to be more feminine so it was like no matter which way I showed up it wasn't enough whether it was my shoulders were too broad so that's I wanted that to be gone because I wanted to be more feminine so you know it's the pulling back it's the wearing Mm -hmm. things that are tighter or like my body like it's feeling sometimes too objectified where I want to hide it and Mm -hmm. not and sometimes overeating is a form of destroying the femininity the softness so that way I'm not being objectified that way I'm not being catcalled so those are the parts of my femininity that I wanted to destroy Mm -hmm. and it's just it's kind of like damned if you do damned if you don't and I hate that for us (laughs) so in the name of women's history month just reflecting on what parts of you you had to let go in order to conform and then claiming that shit back because being feeling safe in your body mm-hmm. as, as a woman and as a person of the queer a queer community the queer community um it's like a act of rebellion i can see that yeah because Ultimately. this entire universe this entire world just wants you to be play small be scared no, no. so yeah there was that um i have to do my weekly shout out to my reels and my Instagram, TikTok, whatever's, and my YouTube videos. <laughs> it's Imani Del Valle on everything. With my TikTok, it's two underscores. And then with my Instagram, it's one underscore. You know, just check me out. Just have some fun. This Boy. beat is sick. I want to take a ride on your disco stick. Okay, sorry. Um, and then because it's Women's History Month, and because yesterday was International Women's Day, I want to give a little shout out to my faves. Super quick, some women-owned businesses. All right. So obviously we have Maybell Perez. We've brought her up before. You know I love her. She was a women's she was a part of our women's panelist, um, episodes two of this season, and her business is Luna Artesanal. And on Instagram, it's Luna Artesanal with one A and an underscore. And then her website is L U N A. R-T-E-S-A-A-N-A-L dot com. And on her website, you could shop a whole bunch of things from artisans in Salvador, right? Yes. And it's um, eco-friendly. It's climate-friendly. It's all of these beautiful things. It's biodegradable. It's recycled. You know, all these things. And they have bags. They have earrings. They have um candles check it out get into it she's immigrant she's a latina like come on we love it we love to see it so support and then of course we have jesenia near and dear to my heart javella is her instagram handle or i am javella is her personal instagram i am javella.com is where you could get the jewelry, it's hand, well, it's not handmade jewelry, it's hand-designed jewelry that is produced in India, and they're based off of her travel, um, but more recently, they're really based off of and inspired by the journey of life, mm-hmm. a journey that we all share. Um, again, Black-owned, Latina-owned, like, we love to see it. And then we have Kateria, who is highlighted in Javela's newsletter this 
month, she's going to be in the new, the first newsletter, um, Katira Cologne. She is Puerto Rican, I believe. And she, her Instagram, her business Instagram is Exposed TV with a Z. And then her website is Exposed TV with a Z dot com. They're actually currently looking for um, musicians that want to grow in the industry. Um, so essentially, it's a studio. It's a production company mm-hmm. like they do a whole bunch of things i know that she's the first latina and black owned um like production company that we have in mass oh, so she's making big strides definitely check them out especially if you're a musician and you mm-hmm. want to get your name out there and mind you they don't just work on that like brand awareness they also work on brand development like personal development so she touches on a lot of different things and those are some of the women that i want to highlight and obviously, Deja, hello. Hi. Make sure you check out her Instagram, her TikTok, her YouTube. I know she just posted a YouTube video teaching you some yoga. Yeah, some sun and some bees. Yes. So make sure you're checking her out. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's it for the week. Um, you know, short word from our sponsors. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, guys, so this week we are talking about fashion. (laughs) Um, But fashion as it relates to gender inclusivity, okay? You know we couldn't just keep it basic. Um, So I want to run through some quick fun history. (laughs) Woo! Time to learn. Put your clap on. Okay, history class. Um, of gender clothing and just kind of unpacking that and makeup. Super fun, quick, short. Okay. Um, so, we're going to take it back to ancient Greece. Okay? Oh, we went back there. Where men wore a chiton, which basically looked like, you know, the white dresses yeah. that you see them wearing. Um, they associated pant wearing with barbarous people. Like, you were oh, barbaric wow. to wear pants. Yeah. And then the Greeks also thought that pants were too feminine. Yeah. Yeah. Wrap your wrap your brain around that for a second. Um, they were disturbed with both men and women wearing pants because they thought it stated that men and women had the same roles in society, which of course was a big no no to them. Eventually though, the Roman Empire overtook ancient Greece and once they expanded into like northern territory, they adopted wearing pants because of the colder climate. Okay. So that's when you see pants coming into play with men. Um, note that both Rome and ancient Greece agreed that, like, pants were a no-no before. It wasn't until they started expanding that they wore pants. Um, as the practicality of pants won over time, pants and trousers became man- menswear and skirts and dresses became women's wear. Hmm. This is most likely due to pants being worn by Roman militants, which enforced the masculinity masculinization masculinization of pants so because the military was wearing it first they were like okay this is a man's thing mm-hmm. and of course since they identified it as a man's thing women were automatically not wearing that makes sense um as for makeup in the 18th century both women and men could be seen in the most bizarre makeup looks and big big wig wigs so you're thinking no like early victorian like where they wore the nasty makeup oh my the God, big the- ass wings. Okay. yeah you're thinking of that and yes at this time makeup was dangerous because most of it was made out of lead and mercury 
But you know, anything for fashion, babes. Anything for fashion. <laughs> <laughs> like, but by the end of the 18th century, when the Enlightenment period came in, that and it really took hold of America and France, because the UK was a little behind. Mm-hmm. Um, so that ended up making transparency in your self-presentation presentation really important so it was this whole idea of like natural beauty and what was your inner beauty and the fact that women were lying about their inner beauty by wearing outer beauty so around this time is where the myth took hold that the more beautiful people are more pure people and more ugly people are evil people so that's why when you see in like old disney princesses the the princesses are gorgeous and yeah you have like the ugly people who are evil like think of snow white mm. for example okay 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 so that idea started to come along around wow. this time because they were like oh it's your impurities that are manifesting on your looks so that's how they thought of it so like they were thinking by putting makeup on you're hiding your impurities and your evilness crazy right interesting yeah um and as for men wearing makeup was labeled as wasteful and disgraceful um especially those of high distinction people were concerned concerned that men who wore makeup would eventually become indistinguishable from women so you see the same trend of like there has to be a separation between Mm -hmm. men and women and they can't look the same so that's a common common trend here and then in the 19th century, in 1850s, Elizabeth Smith Miller and Amelia Bloomer grew tired of wearing layers of petticoats that were restricting and very heavy. They championed a new type of pant called bloomers, which could be wore under skirts. Amelia Bloomer encouraged other women to wear them so they could participate in health outdoor activities such as biking and hiking. Unfortunately, of course, society shamed women who participated in wearing bloomers, calling them masculine, exposed, and tasteless. These are like the horse-looking shoes, like the horsemen kind of fit. Bloomers. Yes, like those, those puffy, nasty Yeah, beads. okay. Yeah. And Shorty's was wearing it under skirts. That's uncomfortable as fuck. That's ugly. That's a lot. It's actually in response to this that you see those big cage dresses coming. Yeah. Because they're, it actually provided more movement than wearing all those petticoats and all the layers. Oh, shit. So as ironic as it seems, the bigger cage things that look mad fucking uncomfortable yeah. actually did give women a little bit more leeway. Um, excuse me. Fasting forward to the 20th century, more and more women began to adapt pants. In the 1940s, um, you know, you saw women taking over jobs because of Mm -hmm. World War II. So skirts and dresses just weren't suitable for work. Um, Some women had scandalously wore pants beforehand, but it wasn't really big until like the 1940s. Note that women could still be fined or sent to jail for wearing pants under inappropriate circumstances. And that actually happened. Anything that wasn't like work. Like, if you weren't wearing it at work, like, you could... And one woman actually did go to jail for showing up in court with pants. Yeah, the the judge said that she was, like, distracting them and whatever. Um, Yeah. Um, Which is ironic because she was distracting them in pants, whereas now women are told we're distracting men by wearing, like, skirts skirts and dresses and stuff. So it's just really interesting. Um, during the 1960s, pants became mostly gender neutral. 
But it wasn't until 1993 that women could wear pants on the Senate floor and not until 2013 that France got rid of a law that stated women needed permission to dress like a man to work, uh, ride bicycles, or horses. And, of course, that law wasn't enacted. <laughs> like, they weren't enforced, yeah. like, later in the years. But to remove it in, in 2013. Ni- yeah, it's like, huh? <laughs> what? What y'all doing? <laughs> so. Backtrack. They're, like, not. Mm-hmm. I hate that. Um, And then also around 1930, there was this thing called the Great Masculine Renunciation. And it was created by John Flugal. Um, who blamed the French Revolution as solidifying the roles of men and women, uh, where women are seen as objects and men are the unwilling voyeurs, uh, which means, which is to say, a person who obtains sexual pleasure and ex- or excitement from the observation of someone, so the objectifiers, i.e., the male and female roles that we see today. So John Fugel basically said in the 1930s that it was the French Revolution that made the roles that we now see today. Mm-hmm. What I think is interesting to note is his idea of saying, like, unwilling. Like, the guys are unwilling objectifiers. Like, yeah. no. They're, they're no. forcing it. They're yeah. Acting. And <laughs> also, like, the idea of saying, like, oh, it was the French that did, like, it was still men. That, that were in that war. Yeah. That, <laughs> like, it's the men that were creating these legislators. It's the yeah. men that's creating the laws. It's like, don't. Not unwilling. Like, get out of my face, babe. (laughs) No. Also, note that children's clothing didn't start becoming more gendered till the late 19th century. The pink and blue binary really began with a painting that um, was sold for, like, hella money. Which is, I think she did the conversion in the video that I was watching. The conversion of that painting today is like 9.4 million. Like, what the fuck will paint is this? It was like super expensive. It was this guy in a blue outfit. Oh, blue boy. <laughs> yeah. Ah. And then another one sold for like hella money too. And it was a shorty in a pink outfit. And it was around that time they were like, oh, well, maybe men are supposed to wear blue and women are supposed to wear pink. But note the fact that it took a long time for that to become a common thing. Even in the U.S. Mm. around, like, what, it was, like, the 1930s? There were still some stores that marketed the pink as men color, as a male color, and the uh, female color blue. Oh, wow. So this idea, the blue and pink binary is fake. (laughs) <laughs> right it's really it's new rude. it's really fake and it actually took them so fucking long to even agree on which is which which is blows my freaking mind um also note that it's just a really big marketing scheme because it was a way of getting people to buy two of the same clothing mm-hmm. just because it was in different colors because before this you saw babies being dressed as like all white it was all oh, wow. white. Oh. Those ugly ass dresses you yeah. saw. Like, that's how babies were usually dressed by. And it wasn't gender based until the pink and blue binary. And then in the 60s and 70s, following the sexual liberation and the feminist movement, there was a higher demand for unisex children again. And the pink and blues were put for re- on rest for a little bit. But in the 80s, gender-revealing technology became available, i.e. the ultrasound. Mm -hmm. And people became obsessed with the pink and blue binary again. Wow. Now, where makeup is concerned, we see a turn in the 20th century lipstick with lipstick. Because there was a point where 
Like, all of that was illegal. To wear makeup in the U.S. was illegal. And women were literally smuggling, like, a ruse. You know, like, the, the cheek rusing yeah. and the lip rusing. They were smuggling that back home and hiding it. Um, so there was a period where that was illegal. Um, and so during the 20th century, lipstick was used as a symbol for female emancipation. Oh. In the 1920s, cosmetics became the fourth biggest industry due to movie stars wearing lipsticks, but not all women wore lipsticks um, due to being because of the actors of the rebellion. Mm-hmm. Some people believe that lipstick protected their mouths from city pollution and germs. <laughs> so you had your woman that wore lipstick because it was an act of rebellion. Yeah. You had your woman that wore lipstick because the big movie stars were. And then you had women <laughs> that wore lipstick because they thought it protected them from germs and city pollution. <laughs> so, around this time, women made up around 80% of all consumers because of the homemaking rule, like, uh, role, sorry, the homemaking role, like yeah. the woman that stays at home. Um, also, advertisers at this time viewed women as easy to manipulate. Damn. Which I'm sure they probably still think that. Yeah. Um, but overall, the way that we've gendered clothing and makeup throughout history has reflected the societal values and mm-hmm. societal norms over time. Excuse me. There's nothing wrong with wanting to dress more, quote-unquote, feminine or more, quote-unquote, masculine, as those two things are reflected in the times. But the problem is when people try to gatekeep femininity and masculinity in the non-binary. It becomes a problem when people try to market femininity, masculinity, and non-binary. At the end of the day, it all boils down to misogyny, toxic masculinity, and a patriarchal society. Also recognize the underlying hate towards women that seems to be alive since the beginning of time. It's always this idea of, like, women and men have to be separated. Like, they can't look the same. They can't blend in. It's this idea that women are masculine and distasteful and gross and all of these things. And that's why they need to conform. And then, of course, when we see with marketing getting as big as it was, it was like, something's wrong with you, fix it. That's how marketing is set up. And so it's just this underlying, like attack towards women throughout the time and then of course you under everything under the sun suffers when Mm -hmm. one suffers so if you're oppressing women unfortunately you're also putting some restriction on men because if there's a way that women have to be Mm -hmm. there's a way that men have to be and not all men want to be that way Mm -hmm. not all men even no men gets a choice to be that way (laughs) they're just told grow up like men don't cry toughen up blah 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 and so that's the unfortunate thing about, like, our liberation being tied into one another. Like, in order for women to be fully free, in order for non-binary people to be fully free, like, you know, we all get free from that. Like, these are inter, inter, um, interconnected. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about our experience. You wanted to talk about our experience, but I wanted to talk about also queer baiting and using gender inclusivity as a marketing scheme. So, I think, where we want to take it. Yeah, I want to start off I think with gender inclusivity or making it a market kind of scheme. Mm-hmm. Just cuz that's the quote I kind of found where it goes Fashion industry experts say a truly gender fluid outfit isn't an outfit at all. It's mm-hmm. more a state of mind fashionably speaking. And I think that just ties into the way we look at pieces of clothing Mm -hmm. and the way 
we fall into this mm-hmm. scheme mm-hmm. where we're literally like, okay, but that's market for men and that's market for women. But and then I think we come into that dynamics going back to like how we would look at blue and, and pink. You know, yeah. it's that idea of this is for this and this is for that. Mm-hmm. When it's really not, I think at least I've come to realize clothing is just kind of material we put on us that mm-hmm. reflects how we're feeling that time and day or like what resonates and what rings true to us and then i think fuck where the other quote the notion that clothing is an expression of our personality belongs to one gender or another in social constructs that needs disassembling and then and then i feel like that relates to this idea where now you go into stores there's certain stores now where they'll literally have a section of male female and then unisex so they're still marketing off of it and still breaking it down into gender categories, mm. now adding it. So it's not even more inclusivity or like, I'm going to create a clothing brand that's completely unisex. It's still this idea of, are you either A or C? Mm-hmm. You can't just be like, whoever you want to be showing up, mm-hmm. you know? And I think looking at it on a company level, I feel like it, mm, I don't want to say it must be hard, but I just think there's still backlash because if you're you know like the sweater i have on it's from a local designer and i believe he doesn't even put men or women's wear or unisex mm-hmm. he just creates pieces and As it should be. and i think that's how like the direction should be going towards instead of still saying well it is unisex mm-hmm. just kind of creating a, a universal size because i know there's technology for that where you can yeah. see you know a typical body from a male to female yeah. age height range whatever and make a clothing for it yeah, I feel like the biggest thing with, like, the marketing of, like, gender inclusivity and um, being, like, gender neutral is bullshit <laughs> because we are the ones that project a gender onto things. Like, we put gender on it. It's, it's not our, gendered. Yeah, and I think that's so, just our belief, like, the conditioning. Yeah, but we should just remove the binary. There shouldn't be a binary. Yeah. So that's why I think it's BS to, like, market things as gender-inclusive or gender-neutral because it's like, no, those things were already like that. It was us that made them not. Mm-hmm. Like, literally just remove the binary. The problem with makeup, for example, isn't that it's not gender-inclusive. It's that there's a society behind the makeup that says men shouldn't wear it. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like, when they're marketing, like, gender-inclusive makeup, I'm like, girl... No. You sound up. <laughs> like, like now? what do you like, mean what? gender inclusive clothing? Just stop labeling things as men and women. Gender inclusive bathrooms. Just make it a bathroom. Like, it's just like, I just feel like they're using this really cool, hip, trendy thing to market things. Yeah. To a different market. But it's just like, no, that's not solving the problem. Solving the problem would be removing the binary. Literally, though. Literally. It's just, it's done. Sounds dun, like dun, we're just dun, adding dun. an extra step. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, just unnecessariness. But, yeah, and that also relates to, like, queer baiting, which queer baiting is a difficult topic to talk about because who are who are we to talk about or who are we to to tell someone that their sexual tell someone what their sexuality is. Right. But at the same time, you do see, like, for example, if you think of the WAP music videos or like music videos like that, you see two women like touching all up on each other. That could be labeled as queer baiting because they didn't identify as bisexual or lesbian, but they're doing this thing that, mm-hmm. you know, is usually what women who like other women do. Okay. And that could be queer baiting. Oh, 
like get into this this is like you know this is hot sexy it's fun yeah and that's problematic because you're putting a label onto the queer community that shouldn't even be there to begin with mm-hmm. for example the label with bisexuals is this idea that we do it for the male gaze that i'm not actually bisexual I just sometimes fuck women. You know, like, I'm not actually bisexual if I'm not currently dating a woman. Mm, Or the idea that guys are like, I like girls, I like girls too. Like, you know, like, that's the problem with queer baiting, but it becomes tricky to talk about because who are we to tell someone who who their sexual, what their sexuality is and who they like. Um, But you do see that. You see people kind of, like, for example, Harry Styles, Mm -hmm. who's super controversial because we've never seen him with a man... Um, we've never really heard him outright say his sexuality. Um, and that could be his own business, but you do see him with this, um, this company. What is it called? Like, Pleasure or something like that. He has a company now that markets to men in, like, the non-binary. It's, like, facial skincare and then nail polish, but it's marketed to men. And, like, it's supposed to be super gender-inclusive and stuff like that, which is totally it's amazing it's fine it's beautiful whatever but also it just it's questionable because what is your sexuality like are you using this this like you know what i'm saying are you i get using- what you're saying but i would see that more as him just being smart like he's playing along with this scheme and game of advertisement like I, that's not the point though the point I, is gender queer baiting is a problem yeah, i know it's a problem but like i wouldn't see him creating this whole company whatever pleasure he did and how his sexuality ties into that it ties into it because it could be seen as queer baiting because he's possibly pretending to be or no yeah so that's what queer baiting is when someone pretends to be part of the queer community to get support from the queer community and that support usually is monetary and that's why it's a problem because if you're not actually part of the community but you're marketing or you're um, benefiting from the community monetarily but you're exploiting them wouldn't just be to support like offering a product to that community it can't be it can be if that's his intention but that's why he's controversial because no one knows his intention because he hasn't explicitly told people what his intention that's his is. business he don't gotta share that well i mean if you are marketing to a certain people and that's not your people and you're just benefiting off of it and you're not even trying to take some of the responsibility that comes with being part of that community it's not his business it's the entirety com- entire community's business i can okay. because it's like it's like someone only sticking to the parts of their identity that benefits them the most it's not fair to then benefit off of the community that openly has to deal with all parts of their identity because they're dealing with the oppression every single day and you're just benefiting from them because you appear that way and if you're not actually that way then you're exploiting them okay i can see this so that's why there's a problem with queer baiting but the problem within the problem is that who are we to tell someone what their sexuality is yeah that's why i'm like i can't really speak on harry styles and his whole everything well we're not speaking on that we're We're not that but overall in general yeah yeah that because I feel like even aside from that, me trying to, like, think of other examples besides the one you prompted, I'm kind of just, like, blanking, especially when it comes into, like, fashion, clothing, makeup. Because I didn't even know Harry Styles got his own business. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I'm just, like, I'm trying to think of somebody else I know that's doing this, but it's, like, for some funny reason, I feel like this, I, it's not queer baiting. No. I think it's just the, no, never mind. What do you think of tokenism? No, I, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, like, where they have, like, someone from the community just representing their brand. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's like during the whole like um protest and BLM movement where everyone all of a sudden had darker skin models and yeah. all of that content creators. That's tokenism. Which is not that far from queer baiting. It's not, no. It's just Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So overall I really do think that gender inclusivity is not about gender inclusivity. It's not. This is like a, a market gimme. Like I just feel like it, that's yeah. what it turned into sadly. I don't think they're really taken into consideration. Like, they, meaning the designers, the people at these stores, running these stores, manufacturing, whatever, aren't taken into consideration that it's just a piece of item and people can do what they want with it. Yeah. It's definitely a gimme because I think in the article I was reading, it definitely said this became a nuance with Gen Z community. Like, we mm. kind of started it where this whole idea of, like, gender is not really a thing. And I feel like it's still nuanced, this whole idea of gender, how you go about. And I just think we live in the system and that's what they're doing you know they're doing what they know how to do and that this is just where we as a community either come up to speak against it or choose to continue to participate in it and some people do speak against it against it like some people especially during the blm it was very much like show me the receipts like how many people you say that you support us how many people of this and i feel like we just need to do that as a society a lot more to these bigger companies like if you're so inclusive show us what the numbers look like like continue like, doing it not just yeah. making a moment and yeah. a moment in time because something's so like heightened but yeah i think mm-mm. yeah i do think that overall though it's not as progressive as it's supposed to look but at the same time i can recognize that there is no good or bad and that ultimately things are unfolding the way that it needs to for the highest good so Yes, I do believe that it's just a marketing scheme. No, mm-hmm. I do not think it's progressive as or as progressive as it's made to seem. But at the end of the day, we know that representation matters. We know that that affects us mm-hmm. culturally. We know that it affects the entire society. So while I think it's BS, I also can recognize how we are benefiting from it in the long term. Because people are seeing themselves on TV. They're seeing themselves in these big brands. They're seeing brands cater toward them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can recognize how important it is and how overall it could have a really positive effect. Um, I do, however, think that all of it's BS. Especially because when we see throughout history this just constant flip-flopping. So it's like... None of this shit is real. It's <laughs> so. not real. And that's the funny part because that's what I'm coming to. I'm like, okay, like we're winning in a way because, yes, you now are seeing the bodies actually yeah. as advertisement. And granted, you still are an individual and you have a choice of where you're yeah. choosing to shop and what you're going to want to wear and what a section you're going into. That's your freedom. Yeah. It is complete bullshit because it's if you're choosing to let these constructs of gender and where you fall into dictate how you show up in the world. Yeah thumbs down to you (laughs) not thumbs down but sad because you're allowing someone else someone's outside noise to kind of dictate your story yeah or your identity yeah do you want to talk about your own experience with like clothing and makeup and like showing up in the world with gender norms and stuff yeah so i feel like fashion has definitely been a big thing in my life since Mm -hmm. i can remember i feel like i have this very i want to say it's probably like 12 13 mm-hmm. i had actually applied to like a fashion design college nice. and i applied and i got in like i had used my mom email in there like using my mom's email and shit they got back and she's like what so like 12 13 ready to go to college yeah, yeah. Like, what and i remember i used to love like when it was me and calvin i would love to get him dressed 
And I found that I really loved boys' fashion at that time. Because I remember I would dress him up to get ready to go to, like, a family event. And then I would have to get ready after. And I remember wanting to, like, put the same thing on him as yeah. him. And I never, like... I would try and match. I remember, like, plaid shirts. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, that's boy... That's gender neutral, I feel like. Because that's the only thing that is relatable. Jeans, yeah, cool. We would do that. Then, I think as I got older, it became more about colors, patterns, yeah. and putting certain pieces together. I found joy in the actual single piece. But that's when I, I think middle school, no, I think I was a little older. Yeah, entering high school, and your body's changing personally at yeah. that time. I kind of was just like, let's cover this up. Mm-hmm. And that's where I fell into like yeah. the baggy men clothing and just wanting to stay like a tomboy because it made me feel safe. But also being bisexual, I felt like I can be either sex or yeah. didn't really need to lean to one side. So being a tomboy made me feel neutral in that identity and that sexuality. Yeah. So that's where it ended off. And then I think when it came to me now in this current moment, I'm definitely finding myself being more comfortable in my feminine side and i feel like there was definitely a period where you were a lot more feminine too and i think it's relating to when we would when we party party that's because that's that's funny i actually have that written down that i would only put makeup on or i would only dress up if i was going out and i think that started like 16 17 or whenever you were allowed to go to a club yeah like that's when that started and i found joy in it because it was like a quick switch up like i was like okay hold on like i can go from this to that like it felt really cool and i that's when i started using makeup Mm -hmm. because i remember growing up my mom would wouldn't wear makeup like the only thing she would put on was like eye eyeliner or like mascara and like lip liner that was a thing back then and it's a thing now but like lip liner and like lipstick and i remember growing up she would always tell us like oh you don't need to put makeup on like that's what um people do to the cover up or like all these stuff so like she was definitely shaming it and it's funny because for christmas as i got older i would get makeup stuff and it was like You've never seen me with makeup, though. But from like, your mom? No, from, like, uh, on my dad's side of the family. So, oh, like, okay, people okay, on this okay, side, yeah. they would give it. And, like, it was funny because I always would try. Like, you would see me kind of trying a little bit. Yeah. But it never sticked. And then now, I kind of just do, like, simple shit. Like, I'll put on yeah. concealer, meh, mascara, meh, a little bit. I love doing eyelashes, nails, all that. Like, I love it. Yeah. And definitely going out partying was definitely skirts, dressing up. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm here, like, I want my closet to change every two weeks because... The stuff I have, some of it's still from high school. Me too. I still, yeah, I have shit that needs to go. And I'm just like, this does not represent me anymore. I've been catching myself, oddly enough, not wanting to kind of be like in girl or boy clothing. Like, I've been catching myself loving like statement pieces. Like statement pieces that kind of have movement with it. So like the shapes of things and like just wearing what I feel good in. But I'm just like, I got to get my closet. Like my closet got to clean out. I'm over it. I feel you. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, like the, like us wearing essentially what our parents wore as we grow up, like being a a mirror, a reflection to our parents. Because like your mom didn't wear that much makeup, you don't wear that much. Yeah. Your mom, I don't ever remember her see. Like I don't remember ever seeing her like super femme. Me neither. When I look back at pictures, yeah, yeah. She was always kind of covered up in like guy clothing, which is a thing I was thinking about because. Looking back at our old pictures, you would see most of our family in, like, men clothing or, like, big baggy clothing. And I don't know if it was just a trend, but it makes me question, like, did y'all have to go through, this was a men's item, was this a woman's item, are you considered gay, are you considered, like, if their clothing identified with their sexuality? 
probably not you know most of the reason like i think your mom had one of the pictures and he was like oh it's just javi's hand-me-down like she just liked wearing javi's clothes well she also was a tomboy like she identified as a okay tomboy because kimball didn't dress like her I can't, I'm trying to remember, I don't think Kimbo so. Kimbo didn't dress like her, no. Kimbo, of course, wore her fair share of baggy pants, but that was because in the 90s, that was kind of the thing, like okay. baggy pants with yeah. a tube top. Mm-hmm. So they were reflecting what was, you know, en vogue at that time. <laughs> um, but like you, I do think that I'm a reflection of my mom, because oh, my wow. mom would wear a lot of makeup. Like, she wouldn't make up the way I make up. Yeah. She wore makeup that reflected her time. So she wore the funky colors, the metallic yeah. lipsticks, the eyeliner, the inside the waterline black yeah. eyeliner, the mascara. She did her eyebrows. She didn't do the foundation full beat, but that's because this is my time. Mm-hmm. So I think if she was born in my time, she would do the full beat. Yeah. And then wearing her, like her outfits were always super feminine, super it, yeah. feminine. And like she was very into coordination, like they had to match, the colors had to match. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that I'm a reflection of that where I wear the makeup that's in my time and I yeah. do the full extent of it the way that she did. She also always did her hair. Every time she left the house, she would do her hair, no matter what hairstyle. It, like she left the house with her hair done, and yeah. I'm the same way. And I think that I embraced my femininity because I was shown how to do that. Yeah. Like I saw my mom do that, and I'm like, oh, like she looks super great in that outfit. It's a, it's hugging her in the right places, yeah. and she looks confident in it as mm-hmm. well. So of course, I wanted to marrow that. And so I think my relationship with clothing and makeup has always been super comfortable with everything that is deemed feminine but very scared of like touching the more masculine or what's viewed as more masculine clothing yeah and i and baggy clothing too because i was always afraid to get lost in the clothing like i like I liked to have clothing that, like, held on to me really Ooh, nice. okay. Because I didn't have, like, the super crazy body shape that I wanted to have. Mm. So I wore clothes that made my body more shapely. Oh, wow. Because okay. in, you know, baggier clothes, you don't see your shape. Yeah. But that that didn't ring in my head as, like, a escape from having to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. Instead, it made me feel like I'd get lost in it. And, like, That's so interesting. Yeah, so, and I also think that could be reflected in the fact that I didn't claim my sexuality fully until I left my household. Mm. So I think dressing a certain way actually protected me from having those conversations with my mom. Because she never inquired those things based off what I wore or Mm -hmm. how I presented myself. Um, But I definitely always was more feminine in how I presented myself. And I feel really comfortable in that space. Like, I feel really comfortable with looking feminine. I think the only times I'm not is when I'm hyper-feminine. And then I feel like it's really, really easy to objectify me. Yeah. And when I'm saying hyper-feminine, I'm thinking of, like, clothing that I would wear to party. Like, that that was all out. Like, extra scandalous. You know, I got, this is a little scanty, but I don't feel, like... (laughs) scared to walk out like this yeah no i'm talking about like you know them clothing you yeah. know what i'm saying <laughs> like and those i feel a little bit uncomfortable because i feel like it's really easy for people to object- objectify me but i feel like i'm just now starting to touch like more baggier clothing and just see how comfortable i feel in it um especially with my former partner like going into his closet and wearing yeah. some of those clothes it helped me kind of you know find my way in that 
and I think I'm still identifying what I feel comfortable in I am realizing like you I'm not so much drawn to what's feminine and masculine anymore just what makes me feel good yeah like I want to feel good in the clothes I want to feel confident in it Mm -hmm. I don't want to feel like I have to fix myself every two seconds I hate that um i don't feel i don't want to feel like i have to suck in every fucking two seconds or Mm -hmm. anything like that i just want to be comfortable but also feel confident feel feminine um and yeah so that's been my relationship with clothing and makeup i think there's a lot of times where my femininity was really easy like people always had something to say about how feminine i was though which is kind of the unfortunate part of like choosing to be feminine yeah which is like what i was saying damned if you do damned if you don't because if i didn't i'm sure i would have had backlash but because i did i still had backlash yeah you never win i think as a woman honestly yeah it was like oh she must be fast because she's been yeah. makeup so young blah 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 um yeah that was my relationship with that I don't think that's my relationship with that. Anything else? It's interesting to think that clothes can kind of resonate with your identity. And, like, especially, I think, sexually and how you show up in this world. Yeah. Because it sounds like you express yourself a little bit more. Yeah. But it is difficult being, like, a feminine-presenting pansexual woman. Because, like, people just automatically think I'm straight based off of how i present myself i got the makeup the nails the this the, I mean, and they're long nails too so you know so i'm, I'm the one that's here. questionable it's like so do you like me or do yeah, you like, what, what side are you on those tiktok trends are so funny where it's like this is how you flirt with girls who are femme i'm like and all of them like really okay okay <laughs> like there was this one thing that was going around where you asked if they like the lady in red lady in red it's some type of queer um music artists whereas if you said that to um a lesbian or bisexual woman they were supposed to like know that you were down dtf oh i yeah i did not get that one oh i heard it all i heard it (laughs) all they were like oh another way to know if um there's a femme presenting girl that like is into girls if she's hyper feminine because she's probably into girls because like we don't do this for men we do it for girls oh shit yeah it's really cool i appreciate it i I really as much as like the binary sucks and how annoying it could be sometimes it like some parts of the culture is so interwoven with like my adulthood my childhood like my journey yeah that i can have some appreciation for it even as i want it to be gone <laughs> it's kind of like a guy like you kind of get it you pick up on the yeah. notes you got the tricks and you feel me you know it's what and it, i think it just helps our brain conceptualize things which is kind yeah. of fun but then it's just like can we ditch it like throw it yeah away. Just toss it <laughs> toss it out the window um, yeah that is uh that pretty much wraps it up style fashion but with some gender inclusivity in the mix. And then, of course, our own personal uh, journey with fashion and makeup. I think where I'm going from here with fashion and makeup is a struggle between learning if I want to be minimalistic, if I, like, if I want to continue down the path yeah. of minimalism, or if I want to become the other one. If not minimalism, I want to be eclectic. Eclectic, explain, please. So it's like super alt. So alt? you're like, yeah, you're alt, like your alternative, like what you wear is very, I don't know how to explain alt. Oh, yeah, I was like, um, it's like, uh, like who would be considered like someone, an icon in that who category? Who would be considered an icon in alt? 
Or like... Uh, I don't know. I know some TikTokers that do alt. Do you know but is, that... Go ahead. You know Stacy? No. She does like those thin eyebrows sometimes. Ah, uh, so is this... Iconic pieces? It's just like... It's like what isn't mainstream, but is very much a statement and it's very loud okay so and then, I've, I've got a few things that are coming yeah to so it's like it's i don't know how to explain like you it. might be breaking the culture yeah a little bit it's like everything you wear is kind of a little controversial i was gonna say that's the word very loud mm-hmm. <laughs> um and like it's everything you wear is a statement in the sense that like people are gonna talk about it okay so like sometimes you'll see people with the line eyebrows yeah. but it isn't be so much because they like line eyebrows it's because like that is a statement or when they do like the bleached eyebrows and stuff yeah, like that. yeah yeah okay. exactly and i think i like that because to me it looks like taking art or taking fashion style as art yeah. like you're using it as art and there's this one tiktok sound that was trending for a while and it was like she wasn't beautiful she was art and art was mm. meant to make you feel something yeah and i love that because it's like yeah what i would how i present myself i want to make you feel something because when i speak i speak that way i speak mm-hmm. in order to move something within you that's yeah. how i that's how i want to show up in the world so if i don't do minimalism i'm definitely gonna do like eclectic artful like old stuff Mm -hmm. and very maximalism but in the sense that like everything has a story everything has a meaning like those houses like um the house we went to yeah yeah yeah, where everything i'm pretty sure everything had a story in there or Mm -hmm. it looked like everything had a story just all tied together yeah like you walk into the space and you're like oh this person has experienced life yeah so i'm in between and those are very opposite i was gonna say that's very opposite but that's kind of where my head has been going because i have a shit ton of stuff and i'm kind of at this point where i hate having to look through things to put an outfit together so So you want to be minimalistic see i kind of want to but then i don't Mm -hmm. because i've been catching myself wanting to have like statement pieces or shopping local like i love thrift shopping i love vintage thrift shopping like when i can find vintage burberry pants know they're real that brings me joy versus going to buy like a pair of levi jeans you know so i've been going back between like minimalist or just like you'd be an essentialist an essentialist yeah because i'm kind of i've been having this back and forth of like i got all these tattoos i like that that's my art on my body and i kind of want to show that off more so i want pieces that allow me to do that that aren't so baggy but I'm not sure yet. <laughs> because I only... I. You can mix bagginess and showing off your body, though. That's, like, cottage core. Cottage core? Yeah, like, cottage core. Think of, like, you're in the forest. You stumble upon this house. Yeah. Um, And there's this woman that lives there all by herself who believes that she's a fairy. Oh, that um, like me. And oh, eats hi. off of the earth. And that... Oh, that what she's me. wearing is cottage core. <laughs> that sounds like me. Which is, we like... put that together. Yeah, you usually see, like, cloth clothing and, like flowy dresses but like they're usually really showy too like they'll like mesh like tighter things with flowy things yeah it's really beautiful i think cottage core is gorgeous i see that's what i'm loving because i'm realizing i'm getting tired of the sneakers and i want shoes is what i've been saying so that's how i know i'm over my whole wardrobe because i'm just like all this is sneaker stuff so i'm just like it gotta go it gotta go it's time for me to shop you should look into cottage core there's so many guys there's so get out of the binary there's so much more beautiful things outside of the binary and that's what i think about that's why i think um what is it called Hmm. aesthetics aesthetics are really dope because it gets out of the binary and it goes towards like a theme more so that's where i've been leaning yeah Yeah, so you have cottage core you have alt you have uh eclectic you have um dark academia you have 
fucking what else you have like vintage you have that girl like there's so there's a whole world out there of fashion (laughs) that gets away from the fucking blue and pink and what men are supposed to wear and what women are supposed to wear switch it up y'all go explore like see where you're at now what resonates with your core definitely shop with your boundaries and your values though i would say that don't fall into the sheen fashion nova culture please (laughs) please don't kind of easy i know but but please just stay away so that's all i have for today yeah toodles y'all stay trendy stay fashionable yes and stay blessed bye